Today on Lockdown, Red Wings, Detroit extends their win streak to five games, their longest of the season in their impressive win over the Calgary Flames. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Check out the latest episode. I did it on the uh, East Palestine train derailment in Ohio. Uh, and Scotty's a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Locked On Tigers and Holy Mackerel. Check out my last episode I did it on Eric Haas. No one cares. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. I care. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm no, you plug all your I stuff all the time. No, I, just I love you. I love you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're off to a good start. The <laughs> Red Wings extended their win streak to five, keeping the Western candidate teams for the first time, fourth time in franchise history, first time since 2013, 2014. Uh, and I'm sure I had another stat out there that is super impressive as well, but they beat the Calgary flames five to two. And I thought Scotty, this was a really good game. I know that there are still some flaws that were that, that showed themselves in this game. But I think that for the majority, the first, I would say 40 minutes of this game, 50 minutes of this game, the Red Wings were hanging with the Calgary Flames, if not the better team. And they were taking advantages, taking advantage of the Keith, moments such as power plays and penalty kills special teams have been killing it man and then just so many individual performances we have so much to get into with this game but first i know hold on i gotta do this this episode is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook before i forget official sportsbook of lockdown make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started scotty reel me in you know, re- real wrangle me in right now man where where are we beginning with this conversation do should we start with mata I'm not reeling in sugar, okay? I'm, this is I'm a jacked, man. This is a dub. This is a big boy dub. I'm pumped. I'm amped. Uh, like I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not sure I've wanted to win a, a singular hockey game more in a very long time. I was amped, dude. I am so pumped right now. Uh, you know what? The, the that in the hunt graphic, they're they're climbing, okay? Stop, stop. The wings are climbing, Brian. Oh, I hate dude. to break it to you. They're climbing. Don't say that. I, Buyers? I don't, no, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. No, I'm not going that no, far. No. But that's a conversation, maybe, if they win a couple of our they, games. Not they are two points out of the last wild card spot now with three games in hand on the Islanders and the Capitals, four games in hand on the Panthers. The only team they don't have any games in hand on is the Buffalo Sabres, who has one game on hand on them who they are not two points ahead of because they played tonight and Sabres did not. So they are in a really good – I said it yesterday. They have the best point percentage of any team on the outside looking in. They are super close to being back on that playoff picture, and that terrifies me, Scotty, because I'm afraid to believe. I'm also afraid to believe. Because I, our I, expectations, I, man, what were they? That They were just on the outside looking in. That was – and right now is where and they're at. We're doing know, the they're, thing. They're doing the thing, but doing the thing also means like, oh man, does that like when they are on just the outside looking in, 
it means you're looking in and you're going, could we be in there? And it that's that is exciting and terrifying. I'm gonna get you out of there. <laughs> I understand, like, and like, don't get it twisted. They're, they're on this five game win streak and it's fantastic, but like at even strength, they're still getting, you know, oh, outplayed. Yeah, I don't think it, I mean, like you, you, I think were a little more bullish even than I was. I don't think the the wings really at any point in this game were, were the, uh, had enough momentum where I was considering them like the better team, but I don't really care either. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not right? going to be a Debbie Downer. This is a W five. I don't care. I don't, well, I don't and, care. And see, so here's the thing too, is that the, this is one of those games where so we talk a lot about the curse Corsi four percentage and the expected goals four percentage. And a lot of times this team at even strength does not perform that well. And yes, at, by the game's end, the Calgary Flames dominated those metrics. But that really didn't begin to swing heavily in that direction until the last 10 minutes of the third period where the Red Wings are up five to two and on the second half of a back to back. So they took their foot off the pedal a little bit. Should they have done that? No, but that's what happened. And the we Calgary talked Flames about it yesterday, man, they yeah. had there's no way the Red Wings should have won this game. Like everything that could have possibly been stacked against them just situationally was and, comfortable and they did. victory. a comfortable victory. And that comes because of individual performances and special teams popping off. I have a long list of notes, power play of was awesome. accolades to give in this game. And let's, yeah, let's start with the power play, man. Two, they went what two for two three in four. this game. Two for four in this game. They've had a power play goal at least one in dude, every Bert? single game of this win streak. Power play, Burt, dude. Bert Even strength, Burt, 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 Burt. That top line is going to get its whole dedicated like monologue from I'm sure both Bert of us right now. Heater, brother. But the power play is clicking on all cylinders. This power, this this win streak is not possible without the power play, without the special teams performing as well as it has has been. Because of the fact that we've mentioned at five on five, this team does get outplayed. It's the special teams that's carrying this team right now. And that is a fantastic thing. I think Ken Daniel said that in the last five games, the power play is eight for 18. That is incredible. Yeah. Insane. And then the penalty kill in this game went uh, two for two. As their, their numbers continue to rise, this team's like, this is what we saw at the beginning of the season. The five on five play is not quite there, but the special teams is excelling. And right now, this team seems to have to have reclaimed that magic that has, was winning them games. Like, I was using the excuse in the game against Vancouver, games against Vancouver, and the game against Edmonton that they ran into bad goaltending. Vlader's not a bad goalie. He's not. He's got good numbers on the season. And you put five past him, mainly because your special teams kicked ass. I, I loved it. I loved this game. I, I did too, man. I, I really did. And I, I think when... Another thing that in the last couple of games have been really has been really apparent, not as much in the Vancouver games, just because those were just, uh, I mean, we said it a billion times, abysmal goaltending by the opponent, but um, the blocked shot numbers in the last two games that oh. noticeably have spiked. If you look at uh, Edmonton, block shots were nineteen to four in favor of the Wings, and in this game they were twenty three to nine. Block mm -hmm. shots, just doing the dirty work, getting down there. Obviously, we, we've had our fair share of injuries this season due to that. But at the same time, you got to do what you got to do. And we're on a W5, baby. And so it's really interesting, too, is because Corsi, Corsi, when you look at that number, accounts for shot attempts that are blocked. 
So it's a little bit disingenuous, which is why people use expected goals for it's a little bit disingenuous to show you how good the defense is like, Oh, you were out there for 30 Corsi against, well, you blocked six shots. There was on the penalty kill, the penalty kill that began the third period where the Red Wings are up four to two, which by the way, the Red Wings are undefeated when leading after two undefeated in regulation. At least they're like 16, Oh, and two after when they're leading after two, which I did not know. And the flames don't have a single regulation win when trailing after two. Oh, so that was written in a stone to begin with. <laughs> I, beauty. Beauty indeed. But they started that power. They started the third period with that penalty kill. And Ben Sherratt made two crucial yeah. blocked shots in that penalty kill. And, you know, uh, there's so many accolades to give in this game. I think Ben Sherratt's play on this win streak has definitely picked up. It's definitely taken a notch up. I agree. He, he's been blocking a ton. Like, even just on that, like, so many blocked shots. I remember the game against the first game against Calgary. He had six, six blocked shots. So he's not afraid to put his body in the line. And I think that everyone is starting to build on this confidence. I mean, Scotty, who else? I mean, obviously we have the entire top forward line to talk about, which I think we should probably say for segment two at this point, but who else in this game that like stood out to you as like, Holy cow, they're, they're popping off. I honestly, I think we should just go to break now and then do that because I want to talk about Bert so bad. Okay, we will do that. Um, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier. Don't ask me if I had pizza rolls today because the answer would be yes. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier, don't eat pizza rolls, eat Built Bars. You won't regret it. There's only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And I mean, guys, they taste just like a candy bar. It's almost unfair. They got unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And right now, if you want to get a box, you don't just have to go to the website. You can do that. Viable option. Walmart. Sam's Club. Sam's Club. Boom. Boom. You get a four-bar box from Walmart, cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puffs. Go Or go to Sam's Club and get a 13-bar box. If you go to Sam's Club, you buy in bulk, and then your price per ounce is cheaper. I learned that from having a smart girlfriend. Um, brownie batter and churro are the flavors at Sam's Club. You will thank us later. So make sure you go to built.com, you go to Sam's Club, or you go to Walmart. You won't regret it. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're talking about the 5-2 to two win over the Calgary Flames on the second half of a back-to-back with your backup in that and we talked about how this couldn't have happened without the special teams. But let's be honest, Scotty, this also could not have happened without the top line of Dominic Kubalik, Dylan Larkin, and Tyler Bertuzzi popping off. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss it over to you real quickly. But before I do that, I just want to say Dominic Kubalik must have heard me walking around all day t- tossing out slander. Everyone I talked to, I was like, Kubalik's been you know, on a dry spell lately. Verona deserves to get in the lineup, give him some ice time. You got, if you got to scratch anyone, scratch Kubalik. Then he goes out there and scores two goals. It's almost like that was a personal attack on me, and I'm actually okay with it. Um, but anyway, Scotty, Tyler Bertuzzi, take the floor. I I thought this was Bert's best game of the year, to be completely honest with you. I, I thought that he played a incredibly on-brand Bert game, and he did exactly what was asked of him and what is needed from him on a night-to-night basis. I thought that his positioning consistently was stellar. And I thought that on the power play, he looked 
stellar. Um, I really, I, I, I mean, the goal was beautiful. The apples were beautiful. Three point night. This was, I, I don't even think it's close. I think this was the best Berg game of, of the year. And I, it was so nice to see him not like force anything, not try and be something he's not, et cetera, et cetera. Like he just genuinely did what like good Burt games look like. And it led to a three point night. He looked unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, we haven't used hockey stat cards in quite a while, but I decided to look it up for this game because I, I see them on Twitter all the time. Data pulled uh, from you know Dom of The Athletic and the natural stat trick compiled together to try and give you guys a baseline of how these players performed. And Tyler Bertuzzi, wow. Yeah, his defensive metric was, wasn't very helpful, but look at that. Just almost three and a half positive in game score for his offense and his uh, production in this game. You talk about both of so he got he had a goal and two assists. He had a three point night, and the goal, which was the power play goal assisted by Robbie Fabry, was phenomenal. Uh, but the two assists he had were great too. They it's one of those things, Scotty, and I, I think I mentioned it in the other game, the other day, the other game, the other day. I keep wanting to say the other day, uh, the other game recap that these goals don't happen without Tyler Bertuzzi's forecheck. He wins a two on one corner battle and passes to Kubalik, who fires at home. He wins a battle behind the net, takes a high stick to the face in the process, yeah. and it gets buried home. So, you know, that whole, there was a lot of people, I thought, like Dylan Larkin's forecheck, especially in the first, like, period and a half. He, yeah. was, a, he was a madman on the forecheck. Like, I had, like, three different pressures that that turned into turnovers at one point there early on in the game, like, it was a it was a really aggressive forecheck throughout throughout the entire game, kind of on and off depending on what line it was. And um, yeah, I, I I cannot say enough good things about Bert specifically. Larkin also, I thought, I mean, transitioning to that, I thought had a great game. Uh, and, and Kubi, man, I, I mean, just the dog. Like I I just I love Dominic Kubalik. You know, you you need a shot, you 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 got a shot in him. And so I I just I appreciate the heck out of him and this game finally seeing him get get back to scoring some goals and finding the back of the net was was awesome. Yeah, it was definitely he put himself in the right place at the right time to fire those pucks home uh without a doubt. So it's great to see Kubelik succeed and it's great to see Tyler Bertuzzi succeed. I mean, this is one of those games where Tyler Bertuzzi looks like he is going to be like a superstar physical forward power forward is the word to use like the way he gets in the corner like this is the Tyler Bertuzzi we've been talking about and he's been regaining his form slowly but surely over time he looked so dang good in this game that it makes it so much harder to realize that he's gonna end up likely dealt away and that stings because how many more wins so that's not reality right like can we just keep pushing that off that's what I'm saying dude like it I don't know. I, I, that's a different. That's a. Di- I don't even want to have that conversation right now. I genuinely don't. I just want to. So you know, we're on W five. This is a big win. Let's just. We're just going to talk about this game and not talk about the <laughs> the trade deadline mayhem that is going to be a future episode for us. Um, Larkin, Larkin, yeah, great now, game. Like I said, really aggressive forecheck early, kind of led up as the game went along. But once you have a three goal league, who really needs the forecheck too terribly much? Um, yeah, I thought he was great offensively as well. I mean, he is just flying. Yes. Like the last couple of weeks, man, he really is just flying. Um, who else, dude? Oh, I thought uh, he didn't play very much. I think he only played 10 or, or 11 minutes. But 
I thought Sonny looked fantastic. Yes, like the entire I, fourth line. Yeah, dude. I thought he looked incredible. And like that was that was, you know, there are there are few bottom six players, and this is not supposed to be like a disrespectful thing, but there are a few bottom six players that you look at and you're like, oh wow, like that dude's making an impact, like very like a noticeable, like it's standing out. Oh my goodness. You know, I, I like I know that that dude's making an impact on the ice right now. And uh, Sonny in this game was absolutely that had um, a, a few attempts in front of the net was wreaking havoc in front of the net using the body had a couple of really nice passes as well. Uh, I, I thought I thought Sonny had a fantastic game. You know, it's nutty when your top line and your fourth line are the teams that are topping the hockey stack card right. chart. I, I mean, Sunquist, Suter and Zadina, I thought. And the way you saw Sunquist is how I saw Philip Zadina. I thought, and I've been watching Philip Zadina with a magnifying glass because I've been trying to get proven right <laughs> by him. Like, I'm like, please prove me right. I was right on Rasmussen. I'm trying to go two for two here with Zadina. Um, he had a great off puck game again. His off puck game has been phenomenal. Constantly putting himself in the right position, forcing turnovers, and uh taking advantage of giveaways, but then he also finally got on the score sheet in this game by feeding the pass to Suter who buried it home for the fifth goal. And he almost nearly had the prettiest goal of his career. Nearly made a beautiful move. And then it bobbled off of his blade, which is just very Phillips that like, unfortunately, but I thought he had a phenomenal game. I think that entire fourth line had a phenomenal game and like, Zadina did have maybe the most egregious trip I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, if it. I was to rank the most obvious tripping calls in the history of hockey, that might be number one. <laughs> that being said, I, I do agree with you. That was just a funny moment in that game. But, yes, I, I agree with you. He looked really good defensively. And, look, he, he's, a, he, he's really He's such a conversation. Like he he is good with the puck on his stick. Like he's a good passer. He's good with it's the just, puck off his stick. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's just it, it's it keeps coming down to you know how often he's going to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. That's, but yep. I I yeah. I thought he was good. I thought Andrew Cop wasn't. You know, a lot of times we've been talking about him kind of being. Uh, I don't know. Maybe invisible might be too dramatic of a word, but um, I, I thought in this game he was pretty noticeable as well. Um, and, and like, we're talking about all these, you know, like positive individual performances and like there were a lot, uh, but, but like the defense still did like what the defense does. Like the, the, this wasn't uh this wasn't a masterclass team defensive performance. See, and I, I agree, but I also disagree a little bit in this instance because through the first two periods, I shared the heat map. And let's see if I can make it filter it to no, I can't. I wish I could filter it through the periods. Um, because through the first two periods, there were no almost no Calgary flame shots from inside the hash marks. For sure. All of the, the Calgary flame shots had come from beyond the hash marks towards the blue line. And that is incredible that indicates incredible defense. I I I stand by that. I think the third period, once they scored the fifth goal, they just let up on the gas, and that's how you ended up with this heat map. Like, yes, in, in total, you got outshot pretty heavily, but I think that that third period probably had a lot to do with it. See if I, I agree. I, I don't disagree with anything you, you've said about that. My point is just that um, th this was not a game where throughout you were like, oh, wow, like the wings have all the momentum here. And look, like, the you know, the, the calorie's not getting any shots off and the wings are – 
are dominating possession or dominating the this like five minute stretch or whatnot like that was never a thought for like anyone watching this game but that being said like here we are and this was Mm -hmm. this was an awesome win yeah i mean like because this like i said this blob right here right in front of the net did not exist after 40 minutes this was not here after 40 minutes this is all third period when they decided to let off the gas and then you know what magnus helberg had a great game yeah that's kind of where i was going going with it i was a little one thing um, and we'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, so stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, what'd you make of Magnus Helberg's game? I thought he was great. I like, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I thought he was great. I, I, you know, what we asked of backup goaltending this season was keep us in games like that was the whole point like early early on in the season it was like okay you know we we thought we had a really good one two tandem we don't okay that's fine ever since we've just been trying to figure out who the heck the backup goalie was gonna be it has just been constantly just don't lose us games just keep us in games and this was above well above and beyond just quote-unquote keeping us in the game I, I thought he looked stellar yeah, I mean, so he only allowed two goals. He had a save percentage in this game of 940, which is well above what, you know, you normally would ask of your backup goaltender. He made over 30 saves. He made 33 saves in this game. He was great. The first goal was all on him. He completely misplayed that puck. That yeah, was him. Um, but he made up for it the rest of the game. That second goal, that was on Wallman and Sider because Wallman was playing deep. Sider pinched in. A guy... Uh, Doobie, was it Dylan Doobie? Uh, skated away with the puck, and yeah, Dylan Doobie skated away with the puck, and Dylan Larkin tried to had to play defense yeah. and uh, was unsuccessful. Beat him glove side. You could make the argument that maybe Helberg was a little bit out of position with his glove. Osgood was saying that on the broadcast, but I mean, that's you shouldn't have to be on a you shouldn't have to face a breakaway to begin with. And there was two bad pinches that resulted in that. But outside of that, I thought Wallman and Cider. Had a pretty dang good game. Yeah. They didn't oh, yeah. get any points in this, but I thought they were solid on the back end. Yeah, for sure. I, I think we just – Cider is just somebody who – I used cons- to know. Consistently, you can feel the impact and see the impact regardless of how many points he has at the end of the night. Like, you, you, can, mm-hmm. you can see it on so many plays. And yeah, I, I thought that this game was really solid. I'm just glad to see Wallman out there, to be honest with yes. you. And the fact that he played a good game on top of that was was awesome, obviously. Well, and that's a, another thing too is uh, <clears throat> Wallman did play, and was it Haig was scratched, so Osterle yeah. played. I, for what it's worth, I didn't think Osterle had that bad of a game either. I thought Osterle no, yeah. kind of stepped in and, and filled that role pretty nicely. Well, that's this is what's nuts is, you know, we talk, I, I mainly talk about all this advanced analytical stuff, but yet we're go- listing off players that we thought indiv- individually had really great games. So there's like clearly at times there's still a little bit of a disconnect between what advanced analytics shows and what you're watching the game and what you see. Because I, I some of these yeah. guys who are getting hammered on the advanced analytics had great games in my eyes. Well, yeah, but, um, I mean, we talk about what we talk about that all the time. Like th- there's there's the the analytics that we use here, the possession metric stuff and the shot attempt metric stuff that uh, that's still even though they are 
They are better than just looking at shots and whatnot. Like they're, they're great to use. They're still not completely like every shot attempt that is going against your team while you were on the ice is not 100% your fault. And you are not hundred percent responsible for every shot attempt that is for your team. So like it's a, it's a great, and it's a great number to look at. And it definitely tells a lot more of a story than a lot of other numbers we have, but yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly like nowhere close to, and there's so many things you can do on the ice besides just influence shots for and shots against like, yeah, there's, there's a lot more to it than just that for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, we got to give a couple of more quick shout outs, man, it's already 24 minutes into this thing. Uh, so obviously we mentioned Jacob Varna was scratched again. I thought for sure he'd play, but Lalone again, decided to run it back. Wise move by him because they won five to two. So I, I eat my words. Uh, David Perron, 700th career point on the, was it Robbie Fabry power play goal? Beauty, yes. It was on the Fabry goal. And uh, he got a lot of love from Osgood on that play to protect the puck, then squeak it out to Larkin who fed it across the Fabry. Robbie Fabry is on a bit of a hot streak as well. He continues to rack up power play goals and it's, he is just a great story. There's so many in, like great individual stories on this season. Robbie Fabry is one of them coming off a third ACL tear. And yeah. now I think that would be, he got a goal and an assist in this game. So I think that puts him at, yeah, he's got 11 points in 17 games played. That's pretty dang good. <laughs> Six goals, five assists. That's, that's pretty awesome. So uh, outside that, man, I think we should probably quickly mention the fact that Oli Mata got a contract extension today. Two-year, three-mil AAV. Two-year, three-mil AAV. Uh, a guy that I th- honestly thought was probably gone. I thought as soon as they signed into a one-year deal, I was like, okay, filler piece, gone at the deadline. But to see him extended did come as a bit of a shock, as that's not the guy we were hoping to see come across our social media feeds as far as contract getting signed. But a guy I'm absolutely perfectly okay with in getting an extension. I mean, we talked about it when they signed him in the offseason. He's a great depth D-man who plays defensive, defensive hockey. What we couldn't have expected is his offensive production to take an uptick this season. Like, he's not breaking any records, but he's been scoring way more than we expected. For sure. I think the um, who he's been paired with has has certainly influenced that a lot as well. But, uh, yeah, this this is great. This is a successful signing. Like, this is is, you bring in one-year dudes to either trade or they prove themselves and you can extend them. And – uh the contract extension doesn't mean that <clears throat> throughout the next two years he needs to have the exact same role he has right now. I think ideally he would become a more limited and limited role as the contract goes along because that means the team is getting better. Um so yeah, I'm 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 I think it's good value. Uh he's like you said, really solid depth defenseman. And I yeah, at, like I just said, I, I think as the team continues to improve, I think ideally he moves down lower and lower into uh, the the lineup. But that's that three AAV. You can absolutely afford to do that, and and he's been he's been solid this year for sure. Craziest Olimata cherry pick stat. You ready? Yeah. His Corsi four percentage at five on five when the game is tied this season <laughs> is above fifty percent. Wow, dude. And his five on five Corsi four percentage when the game is within one goal is just of hair under 50%. But it's just Corsi at five by five is like basically the point I'm trying to get across is the closer the game, the 
more of a lockdown defender he is. I beauty. I told you it was a cherry pick stat. It I was. You. I hey, I love me some narrative ball. All right, I respect it. Got to skew that narrative, baby. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about the implications of that signing too, because I know there's a lot of questions now. With you know, Red Wings fans really want Wallman to be re-signed. He's a left-handed D-man. Mod is a lefty, left-handed D-man. Sherratt's a left-handed D-man. Down in the pipeline, you got a billion of them. Edvinson's a left-handed D-man. So, like, we'll talk about implications and possible implications of the Red Wings' youth uh, on a day where we have more time. But it's 28 minutes into the podcast, and the Red Wings play the Seattle Kraken to finish up the West Coast portion. We we finished the Western Canada portion. Now they'll finish up the West Coast portion before going East Coast. I don't understand this road trip, how you go – four games on the farthest stretches of the continent and then come all the way back to the East coast to play Washington for one game before going home. Yeah, I don't understand weird. that scheduling's weird, but they play the Seattle Kraken on Saturday at 10 30. Scotty. What do we make of this game? I am so excited to watch Maddie Beers play hockey. I'm that- look, I'm uh, obviously we want, we want a W six that's, that's first and foremost and, oh, uh, and whatnot, but man, Maddie B Maddie buckets back in, uh, was, was probably my favorite player when he was at U of M and, uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited to, to watch him kind of carve it up there. But, uh, look, this is a, a team that took a step forward a lot sooner than Huge I think everybody thought. Forward. Last year, they were really bad. They called up a few people, Maddie Beneers being one of them, obviously. Um, and then what, Shane Wright? So I don't think he's with them anymore. I think they sent him no, back. No, they sent him back down, yeah, for sure. But like they, they've gotten a lot of production from, uh, from, from a lot of people that I think is surprising people. That wasn't English, but um, like McCann has had a really good year, Jared McCann, like it's a it's a solid it's a solid squad and their offense has been really really good one of the best offenses in the entire NHL out of nowhere this year um so yeah like they they're st- it's a lot of high scoring games i'll tell you that there's been a lot of uh a lot of late drama in Seattle Kraken games if you've been able to watch them out there on the west coast this year they a lot of uh, a lot of Five five late in the third game winners. I'll, I'll tell you that they, they have a a lot of goals given up. Not a very great goalie situation, and uh, I think the worst bottom two penalty kill in the entire NHL. So, are I mean similar to a lot of teams we've been playing honestly since the All Star break. Like high scoring team, but also high scoring games involved with the team. So we'll we'll see if we can keep keep kind of matching momentum. Yeah, I think momentum's definitely on your side. And while they're third in the Pacific Division and have taken a huge step forward, they're not – the Pacific Division's not as strong as the Atlantic Division. And not that you're right. d- running the gambit in the Atlantic Division, but their top point-getter right now is in the 60s. Newsflash, the Red Wings have 60 points. Right. So – and you've proven – Edmonton Oilers are – were first wild card, two points back of second in the division. That's a really tight knit Pacific division. Not a lot of separation, but no team really running away with it. So this is a, this is a good Seattle Kraken team, but they're not unbeatable. And they, they're not getting an incredible amount of offense from one guy in particular. Instead, their offense is coming spread out across their roster. 
their highest. I don't think they have anyone even really close to a point a game, mm. do they? It's Eberle and Vince Dunn, who have both have 40 points in 54 games played. Yeah, pretty it, well like, under a point per game. Like 35 of Dunn's points yeah. assists, too. 31. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, we're definitely spread out there. So, I mean, Jared McCann's got 25 goals in 51 games. So, keep an eye on him. Uh, as he's definitely been a goal scorer for them this season. But goaltending wise, I mean, you've mentioned you mentioned some of the the reasons why. But you know, Phil uh, Phil Grubauer and Martin Jones are the two goaltenders. Uh, if Grubauer's cleaning a 900 save percentage, and Martin Jones, who's played the bulk of the games, has well under 900 save percentage at 8.92. So defensively and in net, they're still struggling. They're but, also one of the worst faceoff teams yeah. in the entire NHL, which is something that the Red Wings have very quietly kind of climbed their way back into towards middle of the pack, and that's something that they were awful at early on and have, have thankfully slowly gotten better at. But, yeah, this is a weird team. Like, they, they score a lot of goals, but they don't have a very good power play. They have an awful penalty kill. They give up a ton of goals, and they don't win faceoffs, and yet they have 30 wins. <laughs> yeah, I – <laughs> like I, like around Valentine's Day, they have thirty wins. Like that's that's uh, that's weird, but um, it, it's been it's been. I mean, again, they they've just been kind of outscoring their opponents five on five, and it's been working. So yeah, and they're currently beating the Flyers as we record the six to two. But the Flyers yeah. are bad. The Flyers um, are bad. Yeah, so Scotty, that that's that's about it. Go out there, carry this momentum, and do your job. Like this is a team that you can beat. They're not unbeatable. Yeah. They got Guess six what? I'm taking though. the over. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. I, I don't know what the over is yet, but I guarantee it's six and a half, and I would also take it. The, yeah. Wings, <laughs> the over's been hitting a lot in Detroit lately. For yeah. Detroit lately. Outside of the game against the Flames, the first game against the Flames, they've scored, what, five, five, technically four against Edmonton, and then five in this game? No, five, six, four. and goals scored for every game since the last loss, if we even include the loss to the Oilers, is 737797. A lot of lot of goals scored during this uh during the W five. And then there's a nice two to one win over the Flames at back at LCA. Correct. Yeah. The Phillips getting a goal game, as I like to refer refer to it. Uh <laughs> he just absolutely beautifully set up you and I would have made the shot goal. Yes. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have made the shot. You, you didn't see what happened in the men's league game a couple weeks well, ago. You would have dislocated your shoulder, but you would have made the shot. Puck was sitting there right in front of the goaltender and nobody was around it. Goalie was on his ass. And I just glide. This was on my Sunday team. And I just slid on in there. Super hundred percent confident that I was going to bury it. And I shot it. And right at the last minute, the goalie kicks his leg, goes off his blade and goes wide. That's tough. That's why I don't have a goal yet with that team this year. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're specifying. You know, you know what? Shout out the Tuesday squad. You know, they. Well, no, I got in trouble because I was shouting at the Tuesday squad. Too oh, whoa! Much. Shout out the Sunday squad. I mean, sorry, yeah. the Tuesday squad gets too much love. Shout out the Sunday yeah. squad, man. Yep, yep. Um, also, one last, 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 last thing. I didn't get to say it earlier, but Dylan Larkin now has 12 points in his last six games. How many points do you have in this one? Just the one. He had three points in this oh, game. Oh, yeah. What? He had three yeah. assists. Where are you? <laughs> that was an awful comment. Forget I said that. Uh, it's so 1230 now, at night. He's now over point a game on the season then. By two points. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. That would give him, what, 57 points in 55 games played or whatever it is? I don't I don't have it. I've closed yeah, out I all my whatever. tabs. It's two over now, though, yeah. So, 
Beauty. He's, pro- he's got to be the top star of the week in the NHL. He's got to be. He, he'll be up there. I don't know, man. There's some. <laughs> oh, he's got to be. All right. We celebrated when McDavid had two against us, dude. Shut like, up. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That dude's like a minus 20,000 to win the heart. Like, Yeah, he's a freak of nature. <clears throat> All right. Let's end this and go to bed. So we'll be back on Monday. We'll talk about the game against the Seattle Kraken and probably do a same game preview. Same time, same place. We ball. Thanks. No one cares, Scotty. Oh, okay. Have fun in the comments section. Yeah. yeah. Have <laughs> we, fun with that one. We we had to bring back the we ball because you're going to have commenting a that you weren't saying Friday. we ball. Yeah. I can't wait for your phone to blow up all day with people. <laughs> yeah. That was a smart thing to say. Uh, I love you, buddy. We'll be love back too, on buddy. Monday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Where's my mouse? There it is.